The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Radicat, and you can find me on Twitter at Radicat. You can find me at Newsless Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And the sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the borough of Kings. Brooklyn be the place where I serve things. Uh, and you can find this here podcast on your coast uh, of the podcast network at CSPN.us. Do it today. You could also find us Interesting. Huh. You can also find us on your podcast personal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to hit like and subscribe and to leave us all the five-star positive reviews. Indeed. What's up, Benji? How's it going tonight? Hope you're doing well. Um, How you doing? You could... Um, also find us recording every Thursday night, 9.30-ish p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time on the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. Uh, that's YouTube.com slash The Click Nation and Twitch.tv slash Comic Book Chronicles. Make sure to hit like, sus- subscribe, and hit the notification button so that you know when we are on live. So, folks, we don't have... Um, there, there's no Star Trek. There's no Star Wars. Uh, there's no movie protocol or nothing. It's just, just uh, us and these comics as we're going to breeze through really, really quickly. Um, but we are teasing movie protocol for next week. Wait. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we oh, have movie about... protocol next week. We will speak in detail about that later. So I do have what's... something very small for Toy Corner, so when that rolls around at the end of the show, we'll talk about that. So you know what's funny about that, real quick, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about it later. I honestly thought this week was—I thought I was like late because I was like, "Wait, is that this week?" <laughs> and then I looked at my ticket. I was like, "Oh no, that's okay." And then I and completely blanked right after that. But like I said, we'll we will get to that uh, after a while. But let's go ahead and get into these um, comic books real quick since we're running late um, with Star Trek number seven. Star Trek number seven is written by uh, I, I'm stalling here, folks, because I'm pulling up uh, here, my it. copy I, of Star I, Trek number seven. I mean, I got it. Uh, what's that? I said, I got well, it. no, but I also need to I also need to refresh my memory about 
about how this issue starts because as uh, during our pre-show meeting, Radicat and I were talking about what to start with, and I told him that there, if there's one minor criticism I have for this issue is that there's a lot of talky talk at the beginning of the issue, and I kind of glazed over it. So this issue, number seven, is written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, with art by Mike Feehan, colors by Lee Luffridge, and letters by Clayton Cowell. So as I said, we have uh, uh, an interesting set of reunions at the beginning of the issue that leads to a lot of talky-talky and catching up on things. And it's at none other than a locale we're familiar with, Deep Space Nine. And, you know, the story does center around some relationships we are familiar with uh, that are related to the events that occurred during the Deep Space Nine show. So... Uh, I will hand it off to Roddy Cat because he knows a lot of this better than I. But I will say that um, there was uh, there were a few exchanges in this book that uh, made me uh, laugh out loud. One was uh, something I kind of read, a sequence I read in Armin Shimmerman's voice, uh, rest in peace, mm-hmm. uh, about redheads and quark. Um, and uh, and also at the end. Uh, seeing the melded crews of these various versions of Star Trek come together and execute some uh, space combat was kind of fun. I thought that was very well uh, well uh, laid out and drawn. And of course, there's a little bit of Star Trek at the end. I mean, I apologize. Star Wars at the end. Just a little Admiral Akbar. And I'll hand it off to Rodicat because I I definitely skirted many of the details which he may very well fill in. Yeah, there was really not much else to say. Uh, you pretty much said the majority of it. Although I, I yes, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of chatter in this uh, episode, but I kind of like that stuff because uh, let's face it, in a lot of even in a lot of DS Nine, there was a whole lot of you know, episodes where there was just a lot of talking and whatnot. And we're probably going to be leading into another one uh, based on what happens at the end of this, because it wouldn't be Star, as I say in my notes, it wouldn't be Star Trek if there wasn't a trial. Somebody doesn't call on some sort of trial some kind of way. Um, But also, this is, um, if you're watching the video version, you will see the, uh, the, the cover of the issue. And at the top, there is a a banner that is signaling the upcoming event, which we will have a little bit more news uh, about in the, and later on in the news section, Um, which I I guess it it had been thought about previous to this. I shouldn't be surprised of uh, what this event would entail. So, but I guess wasn't really paying that close to or maybe I was playing too close to attention and didn't really, didn't really, think about it that closely but nevertheless yes it was a nice good old uh, ds9 uh, episode including some baseball including the um the entrance of a new crew member who is from another side of uh, star trek by the way that i i have not actually seen but i know um well since they put the reference in there and i think i have I had heard about this uh heard of this character um, I know about it from that, but I've never seen any part of the show. So, and I won't spoil what or where, 
um, this or who this character, the character is. But yes, yeah, so the family reunion. So that's, that's not a creation for the book. That's actually no. a creation oh, from no. outside mm-hmm. the book. Okay, that is a more recent Star Trek um, Star Trek show. Um, gotcha. Character. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. So, and I think I might have, I may have been slightly spoiled on the fact that the, the, they were going to be in this because I feel like I've seen some, some chatter on social media about, um, about this happening, but I can't remember. It's been a weird long week, so um, hence the reason why we don't have a whole lot of news either. Anyway, um, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, something's apparently going down on on Cardassia, and as the Agent Seventies uh, said, there was definitely a little bit of a uh, Star Wars to go in your Star Trek in this issue. Yep. All in all, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. There was actually um, a, another ship that um, I had to, had to tell my wife about because it's uh, it is named after a language she, while she doesn't speak it, is probably familiar with. So I was like, oh, that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, if you're familiar with the uh, some of the uh, uh, languages spoken in the midst of Black Panther, the Black Panther exactly. movies, you also would there. be familiar with this language. Mm-hmm. And apparently, there's a there was like uh, the, there was one thing that threw me off about it, and this is the last thing I'll say. Apparently, they still have charcuterie in the twenty fourth, twenty fifth, whatever century this is. So I was like, wait, really? So anyway, but that's pretty much it. I, I enjoyed it this week. It's a potential click of the week for myself, um, and apparently someone else on, on our uh, on well, that's not with us tonight, but on our panel. Right, one of so, our panelists. Correct. But yeah, we can move on to um, uh, rapid fire now, though. We're gonna rapid fire this because guess what, folks? It's one of the few times I read more books than Roddy Cat. I ain't got time to read. All right. So, uh, do you want to start since you have fewer books this time? Like one of the nope. few times? Nope. Go ahead, because it'll give me a chance to, to type all the stuff in. <laughs> Got it. All right. First up is Philadelphia number 30, and I am pulling up my copy right now. I should have the credits queued up the story is written by rodney barnes layouts and inks by jason sean alexander pencils by herman era muspe background ink assists by robert melendrez colors by lee luffridge and letters by marshall dillon so guess what folks philadelphia number 30 is not i repeat is not the final issue in this series that's what it felt like it was going to be at the end of issue number 29 and it's teased during this issue that we very mo- we very well might be reaching the culmination of the story but the end of the story is a gigantic gigantic swerve i don't know if i am so disconnected from social media that i did not see any sort of hint of this being uh uh teased anywhere or spoiled for me anywhere i guess you know that's what happens when you're just a little too busy during the day and you consciously stay away from it ultimately though this was a very well done cliffhanger ending that left me Roddy cat is witness I was reading this just before we started our pre-show meeting 
and our production meeting and he heard me you know just exclaim out loud like you know uh uh shout out to uh ama what the f- seriously so that was me at the end of this and it was very much an interesting read so um there's another arc of Philadelphia coming it's just going to come in a few months so this is the end of the current arc and that has been the trend with this book that it goes on a bit of a hiatus in order to catch up. So, um, Philadelphia number 30, uh, it, I think it's still going to be worthwhile. This is definitely a big swerve though. So, um, next up is Captain America symbol of truth. Number 12. I'm not going to spoil too much of this because I know that Roddy cat will eventually get to this. It's written by Tochi Onibuchi with art by R.B. Silva, colors by Jesus Abertov, and letters by our favorite lettering Paisan, V.C.'s Joe Caramagna. So we have the Captains America and their respective love interests, namely uh, uh, Misty Knight and Sharon Carter in Alaska, you know, do, uh, uh, basically following the steps of the story. Meanwhile, we have... Um, Bucky playing the heavy with Ian Rogers, his captive. There's a lot of Dimension Z stuff going on here, and I'm uncomfortable with it because I, I, I just don't see how they're always traveling back and forth. I thought that Dimension Z had been locked off or locked away, but I guess this is comics after all. People figure out a way. Just like life figures out a way, people figure out a way in comics to traverse dimensions. So... That's the weird part to me, and that's what makes it a little hard to read. But ultimately, I'm going to stick with it just to keep, you know, just to see where where uh, uh, this group of writers, namely Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing and Tochi Onibuchi, are taking these two captains. Next up is Daredevil number 10. It is... The 10th issue in this Red Fist Saga story. It's written by Chip, Z- it's written by Chip Zdarsky. Art by Marco Caketo. Colors by Matthew Wilson. Uh, letters are by VC's Clayton Cowles. This is close to being a click of the week. Solely on the strength of the sequence between daredevil and spider-man in this issue so like a lot of writers Zdarsky seems to have been playing a very long game of taking matthew murdoch down a very dark path a lot of writers have done it with daredevil it's a natural character to do it with right so we are essentially at the we may we may very well be at the culmination of his dark path because the heroes have come to intervene and they are not necessarily successful. So that's where we find ourselves at the end of this issue. But ultimately I think that the strength of this, of, of just this issue is the daredevil and Spider-Man sequence. And it is phenomenal. Next up is Dr. Strange. Number two, this is the latest issue. This is the, 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 the latest issue in our, uh, in the, I guess the Doctor Strange Renaissance. Now that he is back from the dead, spoiler alert. 
This book is written by Jed McKay with art by Pasquale Ferry, and that is a strong suit. Colors are by Matt Hollingsworth, and VCs Corey Pettit is the letterer. Again, this is a book that Roddy Cat is probably going to read. I will not spoil too much. I will say that one, it was nice that the people that Dr. Strange and Clea help are named as Korean people. They even give them Korean last names. Uh, there is a quickie uh, guest appearance by Moon Knight. He may very well continue to make a guest appearance in this little mini arc. But we find that a longtime villain in the Doctor Strange limited but very powerful rogues gallery seems to be beset by other possibly more powerful forces. And that leads to where this issue ends and a possibly bigger threat looms. And you got to love how I left so much out, but there is uh, a really interesting subplot that is developed here uh, when it comes to the, uh, let's say relationship and it's, and it's, I guess ups and downs, how it, you know, some of its inner workings between Clea and, uh, Stephen strange. So, you know, some of that is, you know, some groundwork is laid in this issue for that moving forward. It'll be interesting to see how that develops. But as I said, uh, one of the strong points of this issue is, in fact, the art by Pasquale Ferry. It's really, really well done. Next up is Invincible Iron Man number five. Wow. See, I've been a kind of, you know, I've been a little inconsistent with my reading of uh, Invincible Iron Man. But I do appreciate that this issue really does a great job of catching us up on Fay Long and why he is this dangerous. It's written by Jerry Duggan with art by Juan Frigeri, colors by Brian Valenza, and letters again by our favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. This is definitely something Roddy Cat is going to read. I will not spoil it. I will say, however, this does a very good job of recapping and explaining why Fei Long is this kind of threat. So it was a very good issue if you were if you've been kind of on and off the X-Men bandwagon, kind of like how I have been, and reading this run on Invincible Iron Man leading us to Fei Long being not that character from Street Fighter, but instead a character that is proving to be very dangerous to Tony Stark. So uh, if you want to kind of catch up on everything Invincible Iron Man to date, at least in terms of this, you know, story arc, this is the issue you want to read. This is the conclusion of this autobiography of Tony Stark um, uh, arc. It was really strong. So I, I definitely think that anyone could pick this up and really get a lot out of it. Next up, Mary Jane and Black Cat number five of five. Guess what? It's finally finished. Dark Web is finally finished, folks. <laughs> Our long-standing yeah. nightmare is finally, finally over. Dark Web is finished. <laughs> this is yet another book written by Jed McKay with art by Vincenzo Caratu. Colors by Brian Reber and letters by VCs Ariana Mayer or Mar. 
guess what, folks? Dark Web has finally come and gone. This issue, I think more so than the previous issue or the issue before that, really sets up why this was even done in the first place. And there is a tease. There's definitely a tease as to what explain what what actually happened during that time gap that we got more that we learned more about in Amazing Spider-Man last week. Does it explain that one part of the thing that we still didn't know about from that that was that was all up in here? Yes like and no. Her powers? Yeah. Okay. Yes and no. Like it doesn't really oh. explain that part. You know, like I've I've missed a couple of these issues in between. I kind of skimmed them, so I, you know, I guess since you've I know that you've read them, I think right. so. They still haven't really explained that part. Okay, yeah, they okay. But I'm referring to something else, which is kind of one of the big surprises when uh, Amazing uh, came back under Zeb Wells. Mm, okay, all right. Again, I'm not spoiling it because I figure you're going to read it at some point. So, right. you know, uh, you have to appreciate folks. You know, I know uh, uh, Binge Games out there. I am skirting all of the big details because I know that Roddy Cat is going to be reading this. But I'm doing my best to give people a flavor of what happened. So I try to do that. Next up is Sins of Sinister Dominion number one. This is the finale, folks. This is the I have a couple of books to wrap up my uh, reviews this week that are the finales of certain stories. This is the finale of the Sins of Sinister storyline. Again, the title of this book, this one shot is Sins of Sinister Dominion number one. I am pulling up the credits now. Give me a moment. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Get them doggy scrolling. This is a long book, folks. Get them pages scrolling. Not exactly rawhide. Raw paper. Um, anyway. Sins of Sinister. Dominion. Number one. This is part 11 of this Deadly Sin storyline. Goodness gracious. It's written by Kieran Gillen. With art by Paco Medina and Lucas Vernick. Colors by Brian Valenza. And letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. I will say this. Exactly, exactly what I said to Radicat. That Sins of Sinister really served a few purposes. One was to introduce certain characters that had been teased way back during Hoxpox, right? And come up with a reason for their introduction. You know, this entire story basically explains all of these Griffin slash hybrid characters that we saw during Hoxpox. Right in those possible futures. That's what Sins of Sinister was about. Also, it does set up the potential early stages of Fall of X. And we know that Fall of X is incoming very soon as the big summer storyline in the pages of the X books, you know, with the all the news coming out about the Hellfire Gala and so on and so forth. So this is, I think, going to be the setup, if not the impetus for at least parts of fall of X. So we'll leave it at that. Last but not least for me, I'm trying to do my best to stay rapid during rapid fire. I may be doing semi auto fire, to be honest, strange Academy finals. Number six. Give me a moment to pull up, uh, my copy of, uh, this book. 
again, something I will not spoil because Roddy Cat is definitely going to read this book. It's written by Scotty Young with art by Umberto Ramos. Colors are by Edgar Delgado and letters are by VCs Clayton Cowles. And this has been a fairly consistent uh, creative team on this book. And it shows because uh, there are just real flourishes in this book that that you can tell come from, of you know, that you can tell that these characters that they have developed and grown, uh, you know, the, some of these moments and the depictions and the writing really comes from a, a place of warmth and care uh, from these char- from these creators, and you can tell it, it actually jumps off the page, and I really appreciated what they did in this book, this issue. Um, this is definitely a candidate for click of the week for me. I actually read a lot of good books this week. This is not one of those weeks where I'm kind of, you know, grasping at straws to say, well, you know, this book sucked the least, right? That's not the case this, this week. Um, the one thing I will say, and I did tell Roddy cat this, it's not a spoiler. This seems to be the end for now of this version or this volume of strange Academy, but they do tease at the end that there may be more to come in upcoming solicitations. So this may not be the end for long for strange Academy, but this definitely was a very fun read. There are several instances of characters, um, really, you know, coming full circle with some things and some characters, you know, kind of having great moments, so, uh, Strange Academy Finals number six is definitely a candidate for click of the week for me. And that is it for my long winded semi automatic fire reviews. Yeah, I hear the last couple of pages are uh, significant. So, um, I'm, that's probably going to be the next book I end up reading. So, for myself, uh, let's get this going with. Clobbering time number two of five. Uh, this is the kind of the a the pseudo Marvel two and one uh, of recent, but it looks like it is a consistent uh, a consistent story. Uh, the story and art is by Steve Scroach or Scroche. Um, color artist Brian Brian Valenza, uh, and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. This time, uh, in Ben ends up going to Krakoa uh, for, I believe, it's a, a, a convention, as he says it in the in the course of this book. Um, he meets up with uh, Logan. He puts his foot in his mouth. He meets up with Logan. They have a couple of, you know, they have some beers. But he ends up uh, getting caught up in uh, an attack on Krakoa by some time traveling, tattooed uh, hero fan, hero worshiper. It's the hero groupie, I would say, um, uh, that is looking for something, which is going to lead, uh, which, you know, Ben kind of gets a little, little bit of, uh, a little bit more information at the end of this before, um, uh, before going into the next book, which is going to be with actually Dr. Strange. Uh, and as far as the, the coverage, if you're watching the, the, the video version, that's not far off of, uh, a, a thing or two that happens in the book. So it, uh, it's, that is a, that is a thing. It's one of those rare occasions where that's actually the case. Um, but yeah, 
Uh, next book for myself is Avengers Beyond number two of five. There we go with the 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 winsome wasp on the cover, written by Derek Landy, uh, penciled by Greg Landa. Um, as I like to call him Land and Land, but you know we're not going to you know you know uh, inks by Jay Lyston, colors by Frank Darmada, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. So, um. I guess after the revelation and fight uh, uh, last uh, issue, um, the Avengers are pretty much... Well, I'm just going to read off my notes. How about this? People are going crazy in New York, but that's nothing new. Um, uh, but I also, resemble that. Well, that's fine. I, I, I knew you would have something to say about it. <laughs> uh, but in this case, they're getting powers. And again, that's nothing new. Um... But yeah, the Avengers are kind of trying to, uh, you know, keep control of the things and trying to find out what's the cause of it, which apparently one of them did find the cause of it. And all the while, you have things like the Wasp is fighting um, an old friend of hers and they're hashing some some out at the same, same, same time. And Hunt, I mean, excuse me, and Blade is hunting down the cause of this. And all the while, the Beyonder is pretty much in the, in the background narrating what he pretty much put upon them um, uh, all, all the while. And the, the teasing of, um, let's say, some acolytes of a certain big bad um, are getting teased uh, to show up here uh, again at the end of this, which uh, seems like they may, be in, they, they may come into play at the, uh, uh, in the next issue. So it's been something uh i'm just still trying to figure out where this is going to go because they keep talking about this other big bat that's supposedly coming and coming and you know but um we have yet to see them just people that work for them uh but anyway next book for me is wasp number four of number of four which is written by al ewing with art by kashi ni or nai with um carola borellis uh color artist kj diaz and letters again by VCs Corey Pettit. So, um, this has been a an, an interesting story. This is the you know the, an anniversary story for the Wasp, as similarly to what the Ant Man uh, to what Ant Man was for for that character. Um, but this is pretty much bringing together the fact that hey, you know, you got uh, the the um, the original Wasp, and you have. You know the the legacy wasp uh, and, and uh, how they are working together without giving too much of away. And also, you have Jarvis, uh, who is also in the mix. Who you know, who's, Jarvis is always willing to lend a helping hand. Um, but it, this is a story that kind of goes back to like to the pretty much the creation of the wasp uh, in a sense, because there is an old villain that uh, essentially was responsible for create, creating the wasp, who apparently has come back into play and uh, was trying to get revenge. Um, but also we have another story that is, uh, you know, kind of tying in the um, Nadia Van Dyne wasp at the same time in which she, you know, in her kind of legacy into this. And she also ends up finding um, a family member uh, out of all of this. But the thing that ends this uh, story, interestingly enough, is the fact that um, while it wasn't like a, an end credit scene, there was definitely a to be continued because 
let's just say a long time pest of uh of the wasp um comes into play or comes in and out of play that's uh going to that's seemingly going to lead something uh that is looks to be announced at some point that hasn't been announced yet but it's going to be announced at some point soon uh as the further adventures of Janet Van Dyne so and um yeah I'm very curious to see what that's going to be and what happened or why that happened was uh, why what happened happened to this person I should say uh next up gargoyles number five there you go uh written by greg weissman illustrated by george cambadius uh colors by arancia studios and letters by jeff eckleberry so the leader of the gargoyles gets captured by this anti uh gargoyles police unit and of course you know the rest of the crew's like yeah we got to go get him out of there and then there's some some folks there's some humans that they work with that are like, uh, you might not want to do this right now and this and that other, and, you know, things they thought was the case may or may not be the case, but, or there's something more going on to this than, than meets the eye, but also in the background of this, a potential gang war. So yeah, that's a thing. Last but not least, excuse me, pardon me. <clears throat> um, where are you? Are you still there? Here we go. Um, yeah, I don't care. That's, that's one of them. Um, Saturday Morning Adventures, Dungeons and Dragons number two of, I believe, three. Um, actually, wait, it says here, if I'm not mistaken. It's either three or four. I can't remember. Regardless, I'll look at it in a second. Um, written by George, David M. Buher, pens and inks by George Cambadius, and colors by Josh Burcham, and letters by Ed Dushire. Um... So yeah, this is the the uh, continued adventures of the '80s um, Dungeons and Dragons crew. Um, and it, of course, it doesn't say there. That's great. I think it's three though, because most of these those Saturday Morning Adventures have been been three issues. But I'll find that in a little bit. But regardless, there's some infighting within the group over leadership. All the while, they're still in this other portal that that uh, that sent them to the Forgotten Realms, or I guess further into the Forgotten Realms. And um, a little bit of trouble that they kind of got into where they have to depend on Presto to get them out of who is the magician, who is not a great magician. If you unless if you don't know uh, much about the 80s Dungeons and Dragons series, it was good. You should go check it out if you you have a you have a thing. But it's also a very 80s 80s show. So there is that if you are a, a younger sort of folk, if you have a certain vintage, I should say you will definitely probably appreciate it a little bit more um and at the end the one thing you don't do in uh uh dungeons and dragons happens uh unfortunately and that is the group gets split up so we shall see what uh happens with that uh in the next issue and that is it for myself clicks of the week clicks of the week So we did get a um actually we got a, a full a full stack this week. One of which I actually have I've been very curious as to check out more of as I was talking to Agent 70 um Oh sorry about that. I played that completely by accident. 
I'm sure. Um. <laughs> it was totally like, totally like I hit a key and uh, the key was keyed to that particular uh, sound effect, which Roddy Cat does not like. I have not played that in a while. Uh-huh. So, you know, I get the extra benefit of uh, teasing him a little with that. Sure. So um, we got a full stack of uh, clicks of the week, including one that I had have been intending to um, check out because I've been kind of curious about this day of um, day of DC stuff. But the first click we have uh, comes from Dirt, which is uh, Star Trek number seven. No surprise. Yeah, very much no surprise. And and I'm kind of with him. Well, I'm with him in him, but I'm not sure uh, uh, just yet if I'm going to make that my my uh, click also. Uh, and from Tim, we got, which is actually a slight surprise to me, but I'm not, I guess maybe I possibly shouldn't be. Uh, Green Arrow number one, which is the new number one of the Don of DC, uh, DC stuff this week. And I think there might be another one, another thing, right? Because I've been looking into that stuff in the last week and I've been trying to catch up on some of that DC stuff, including like the, um, that last event, um, um, uh, and whatnot, or at least the current event, I guess that, that is coming out. That's kind of leading into this stuff. So I, I may actually end up checking up, checking out some more DC stuff at the end of this with all these new number ones coming out. Do you have uh, your click? I have a lot to choose from. I really do. This is one of those really hard weeks. Everything but Captain America symbol of truth number 12 is actually a legitimate contender for click of the week for me, believe it or not. And I'm trying to whittle it down, winnow down my choices. Um, I had a really good time reading a lot of these books. So um, I do have a couple of, you know, kind of uh, cream rising to the top contenders. So I could use another couple of beats to really make the decision. Do you have yours? Um, I, I think I might, but I'm just going to say there's, it was definitely a decent week for books this week because, and because including some of the stuff that, uh, agent 70 mentioned that I didn't get a chance to, there was also Monica Rambo, uh, photon that I didn't get a chance to, to, uh, check out, um, uh, caught up on Tim Drake Robin last week, which I know they're going into another arc. Um, uh, with this week, so I'm not sure. Uh, Darth, Star Wars, Darth Vader, black, black, white, and red was the kind of an interest uh, of mine, but I didn't get around to that either. And like I said, the rest of the stuff is pretty much uh, stuff that uh, Agent Seventies mentioned. But I think I am actually. Oh, and there's that Guardians of the Galaxy Bane of Blastar thing, which was like, what? What is? Is that an old thing that? Uh, like no one has thought about Blastar in I don't know how long. So, <laughs> so him being back in the book at this uh, uh, at this moment is an interesting, interesting cut. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm actually going to probably go with uh, Dirt's click of uh, Star Trek Number Seven because I did enjoy it a whole lot. Because you know, I I love me some DS Nine and they they touched on a whole lot of uh, they touched on enough beats that was like, yep, I, I enjoyed everything about it. All righty. So you know what I'm going to do? I am going to go with my gut here, folks, and go with Strange Academy Finals number six. But I really enjoyed Philadelphia number 30. And I think those were the two books that I just really got a kick out of. That Philadelphia swerve cliffhanger ending really knocked me, you know, knocked my socks off. I was very much surprised. 
but I think uh, Strange Academy Finals number six really told a solid kind of, you know, this is the end, but not exactly the end type of story. And that was good. So I'm going to go with Strange Academy Finals number six. And I feel like both of those books, I know you've definitely been, well, we've both been on Strange Academy, but you've definitely been on also uh, Philadelphia the whole time. So right. it's good to know that that's still, um, you know, still piquing interest. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And it was, you know, it was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every, it's like every other time you talk about it, I kind of want to check it out. But, you know, it, it, it's not necessarily my cup of tea, but that's never really stopped me before. <laughs> right. Right, because ultimately what it has is, you know, a strong creative spirit behind it. Yeah. Right? Because there is a story they're looking to tell. They are weaving in lots of different uh, mythologies together with different genres even. Right. And when I say different genres, I mean different genres because of the cliffhanger that dropped at the end of this issue. So, um, you know, I, I still recommend the book. I will be very interested to see where this next story arc goes, though. Gotcha. Yeah, it's the whole mixing of of, of things that you were just saying that kind of got me interested in it, because that, that stuff I do like. So, But that being said, that's another conversation for another time. Let's get into the news section, but first, an ad read. All right, our first ad read is for Blue Apron. Blue Apron's meal delivery service has fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. So place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through CSPN.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. Shout out to my guy, Captain Vice, who popped up in the chat. Tell me this clopper in time. What's up, good, good sir? Oh, hope you're doing How you right. doing? How you doing? Um, all right. Cinematic news, folks. Um, first off, I... Thought I had sent Agent 70 this um, after the show last week, but I don't think I did. So, guess what, folks? Godzilla vs. Kong 2 teaser trailer has been released by Warner Brothers. What? Yep. Uh, And it uh, apparently introduces uh, who they're going up against. Uh, And why, I guess, uh, this, this, this creature or what have you, is uh, formidable enough to go up against uh, these two titans. So... Yeah. I will have to watch this after the show. I actually had not watched it, because I was like, I, I thought I had sent it to you, and, and I was going to watch it, and I didn't get a chance to, but I saw it, and I was like, oh, shoot, I know that is a thing of interest. So... After the show! Indeed, indeed. It's not Next the time. after party, but it's a teaser trailer watch party. <laughs> indeed in the hotel lobby i'm kidding um so all right so i would pull a doctor who story up next new doctor who images see the doctor and ruby step back into the 60s with filming well underway on the next series of doctor who the bbc have uh get out of the way pop up 
release sensational spoiler images which show the Doctor and his companion Ruby in full swinging 60s fashion. All right. Yeah, there. Yeah, I, oh, I, seen... I was gonna say no information has been given about the episode. Okay. Yeah, because it, yeah, it's still a little ways off from 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 happening. But yeah, I've seen some stuff like interesting. Uh, I've seen some comments on this, and I'm, I can't help but giggle at some of my personal ones. But anyway, Disney settles uh, with fired Marvel Studios VFX boss Victoria Alonso. So per deadline, Alonzo and Disney reportedly reached a multi-million dollar settlement in the days leading up to the official announcement on April 20th. Though details uh, between the two parties, of course, remain confidential. Neither Disney nor Alonzo's attorneys at, uh, well, we don't, it doesn't matter, um, <laughs> offered any comments. Because it sounds like a, it sounds like something out of Marvel Comics, uh, this, 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 uh, the lawyer's names, offered any comment on the matter. So yeah, uh, not surprising, and we still don't know fully about what happened with all of that outside of the some of the, you know, the outside chatter um, that may or may not have led to the firing, or if there was something else going on. Well, actually, I take that back. We do, but that, that, we did, we never brought that up because it was a weird side note. We well, we actually we kind of did, we kind of didn't put it that way. Anyway, uh, it's a. Interesting situation. Uh, she ain't sweating it, apparently, at this point, and uh, neither are we. Uh, next up. Whoa! Craven the Hunter trailer was released at CinemaCon. I ain't watching that. The hunt is over for the first look at Craven the Hunter. Sony Pictures debuted the first trailer for the Spider Man Universe spinoff during the studio's presentation at CinemaCon in Las Vegas this past Monday night, revealing bullet trains. Really, bullet train? Aaron Taylor Johnson as the world's greatest hunter. Sergey Kravenoff. Okay. I mean, it's a little late to be calling him kick-ass. Yeah, I guess. So, or even Quicksilver at this point, but, you know. But, yeah, I mean, you can't watch it because it was at CinemaCon and I think it was behind closed doors. So, a lot of that stuff at CinemaCon didn't, hasn't seen the light of day. Maybe one or hasn't, two things definitely leaked, have, but Right. I'm yeah. assuming it hasn't leaked. Yeah. Um, cause I, I have seen like at least one thing that did, did officially come, come out, but it wasn't anything of, in our purview. Actually, I take it back. It might've been something, but I didn't, um, I totally forgot about to put that in the thing, but next week or whenever. Nope. I'll put it in right now. No, well, uh, poke. Well, Hmm. I guess we're going into the anime corner. Okay. Uh, uh, but before we do, I will definitely, I'll just go ahead and put it out here, folks. Uh, new Transformers Rise of the, the, of the Beast trailer was released. That was all I was going to say. So we kind of talked about it before. This is just another one. So, uh, But Pokemon Horizons takes over Japan with a special premiere pr- promo. Uh, so Pokemon Horizon series has issued in a, a new Horizon for the Pokemon anime series as it started off as a whole new anime without uh, Ash Ketchum at the center of it all, but you still got to catch them all. Um, so apparently the premiere was such a big occasion that it took over the streets of Japan with a special promo counting down to the new anime's first episode. Uh, Pokemon finally said goodbye to Ash after over 26 years of um, <laughs> losing and catching Pokemon. I'm sorry. That's not what this article says. But um, 
Yeah, it's. I guess it, it is definitely a whole new world and a whole new attitude. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure people have feelings one way or the other. Next up. Yeah, um, Martha Jacoby, the wife of American voice actor James Carter Cathcart, announced on Monday on Caring Bridge, an online journal for sharing health updates, that James Carter Cathcart will retire from the Pokemon anime due to an advanced form of throat cancer. Oy. Cathcart's retirement will be effective at the conclusion of the Pokemon anime's 25th season, titled Pokemon Ultimate Journeys, the series in the U.S., um, Cathcart voices several characters in the Pokemon anime, such as Professor Oak, his grandson Gary, and Team Rocket's James and Meowth. Cathcart uh, has been involved in the Pokemon anime franchise since its first episode. He's also worked as a script adapter, script adapter for many TV series and films in the franchise. Yeah, like that's that's kind of a big one because like those who grew up with the with the show know Oak's voice and in. Well, both of James's voices, voices, but definitely the one. If it's, I can't remember if he's the one I'm thinking about or not. But, um, but yeah, I hope, uh, hope we can beat it, homie. Uh, you know, that's yeah, that's difficult. Yeah, that is difficult to hear. Yeah. Okay. No, so let's see. So yeah. So some might know him as Weevil Underwood and uh, Yu-Gi-Oh and a bunch of other uh, things. So I think this is the voice that I'm talking about. So yeah. Uh, next up, though, we get into the manga corner with uh, Naruto Ship, uh, not Shippuden, uh, Cliffhanger outs its newest uh, mangio, manga Kyo Sharingan. And I know I butchered that, but you know what? Bear with me, folks. Um, apparently, the update went live this week's. This week, as Boruto's new chapter confirms a hunch about Serata, it turns out that the girl wasn't impacted by Ada's uh, omnipotence, so she has retained her true memories of the world. I won't go any further there, just in case people cry out spoilers if you're reading uh, the manga and are, haven't caught up yet. But it's Boruto, chapter 80. Um, yeah. And apparently there's a new Sharingan, so it's Kale Surprise. Next up... All right, uh, Cisco and Worf unite to stop a crazed Klingon emperor in IDW Star Trek Day of Blood event. Guess what, folks? That's what this book, Star Trek, and the other uh, cro- uh, books are going to cross over into. Yep, With, that's the thing. In was, the uh... IDW Star Trek universe. Yep, that's what I was alluding to earlier. So... I was like, yeah, I guess I should have known that the two books are split for some reason, and only in... in the reason why the other book got split off in the first place is they were going to come back to in a, in a way. And here we go. Um, is there a date on that, by the way? I closed the story already. No, man, I got it. Uh, let's see. Preemptive strike for IDW's five issue day of the blood collision happens on May 6th for uh, free comic book day. So... Right, so it'll be yeah. out soon after uh, next week. Right. Hence that way, why we got the countdown issued this week. They they kind of mm-hmm. hit that kind of fast, but again, you know, they do these things. That, that oh, actually, wait, beginning in July with the Star Trek Day of Blood number one, one shot. So it's a few months away, but the actual uh, prelude issue is the free comic book day IDW book. All right, here go. I, I skipped completely over that. 
Okay, so yeah, so it's going to run through, yeah, so basically it's going to be the main book and then it's going to run to, through uh, Star Trek and Star Trek Defiant. Uh, as, right, as so book. it's going to be going uh, from through, oh, you know, it's going to cover the months of July, August, and September. Yep. So, all right, Stranger Things and uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Worlds collide, collide in a new crossover event. Because at, at this point, they should be running out of uh, folks for the Turtles to, to uh, cross over with. Uh, which, by the way, um, Last Ronin, uh, Lost Years came out this week and didn't get a chance to read that either. So, uh, But anyway, on April 20th, 2023, IDW announced a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Stranger Things crossover. The comic crossover event of the summer is coming, uh, according to this quote. The publisher tweeted, more details and the creators involved in the crossover will follow at a later date. So, fans of both of those uh, franchises, you, you got something. <laughs> you, you got something coming. Next up. All right, Fantagraphics rediscovers the wonders of Marvel's Atlas Comics. So, Marvel is excited to be teaming up with Fantagraphics to announce the publication of Fantagraphics Presents the Marvel Atlas Comics Library, a series of hardcover volumes reprinting comics from Marvel's 1950s Atlas Comics line in both facsimile editions of individual titles and compilations of a single artist. So Fantagraphics will publish five volumes a year with the first two volumes releasing in fall 2023. Uh, There's a lot of details here, but essentially... These collections will run the gamut from colorful, weird, delicious, pulpy stories found in their horror, suspense, and supernatural titles to their surprisingly gritty war titles to westerns and lighter, funny animal comics and romance comics. So a lot of these were created by creators that are very familiar to you, such as Gene Colan, Russ Heath, Jack Kirby, of course, Carl Burgos, Stan Lee, Bill Everett, Joe Joe Manili. And Steve Ditko, as well as Basil Wolverton and John Severin. So these are the, you know, what was popular then, folks. This is pre-superhero stuff. Indeed. Um, oops, come on, don't do this to me. There we go. Carnage 2099's Bloody Origin revealed in Spider-Man 2099 Dark Genesis. Uh, shout out to our, our, our dude Tim for the story. And I think the next couple of nights I think about it because I was <laughs> grabbing stuff just willy-nilly. Um, so Carnage is set to terrorize Marvel's 2099 future in an exclusive preview of uh, the aforementioned Spider-Man 2099 Dark Genesis number one. The new limited series is a follow-up to Spider-Man 2099 Exodus, which with excuse me, returning writer Steve Orlando, joined by artist Justin Mason. Uh, says here with Norman Osborn and the Black Cards Elite uh, defeated, a new threat rises in the form of an all-new Carnage. But where does this new Carnage come from, and who is this new host? Some of these questions will begin to be answered in this debut issue. So, um, so where do we also see who Spider Twenty Nine Nine is teaming up with next, or where we also see who my Spider Man Twenty Nine Nine is teaming up with? You know if. Th- if only there was some sort of movie that was coming up that could possibly have that character involved in it that may have some reason why this character is getting some shine. Hmm. The things say. Indeed. Next up. Marvel reveals a new look at what if. 
So what if Marvel's what if stories were darker? Uh, this past Wednesday, Marvel Comics revealed the first look at What If a Dark, a new line of one-shots featuring Spider-Man, Spider-Gwen, Venom, Loki, and the Thing of the Fantastic Four. With a lineup of rising stars and legendary legendary creators, including Walt Simonson and Jerry Conway, the all-seeing Uatu the Watcher, will peer into the dark side of the multiverse as What If Dark revisits iconic Marvel stories to ask the question... What if the events took a darker turn? So that's interesting. I'm, that's, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy to see Walt is involved with What If Dark Loki number one, written by Walt Simonson, on sale July 5th. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So if I remember correctly, oh, your favorite. Oh, no, he's just doing the cover. Never mind. Oh, thank God. Um, <laughs> thank God. So I jumped on the cover. I was like, no! But there is some, some, some as I'm scrolling through this for, for the folks on the video version, I'm seeing some potentially interesting uh, stuff here. So we'll, we'll definitely be checking that out. But also I was just thinking, like, wait, I remember some What If stories being actually kind of dark anyway. Now, granted, most of the time they lightened up at the end at a bright side at the end but i feel like there was some originally some dark what if stories so i don't know but hey we'll like it we'll let you know what we feel about them uh miles morales stars on ultimate invasion cover by sarah pacelli so apparently there's going to be a new uh miniseries uh coming up uh, called uh, uh, it's a four issue miniseries called Ultimate Invasion. I think we talked about this previously, or, or at least, uh, yeah, we did because this is the Hickman and Hitch thing. Um, but Miles Morales is going to be one of the focal characters of the story, and his co creator, uh, Sarah Pacelli, will feature him on a cover in June's Ultimate Invasion number one. And apparently, this has to do with uh, the maker who. I guess it's still around. I thought he was dead, but who's actually really dead outside of uncle Ben and, you know, uh, Ben Foster in the Marvel universe. Um, and even uncle Ben's come out, come back in, in a universe or two. But anyway, um, says here, Mar- the, the maker miles Morales are two of the few survivors of the, uh, ultimate universe. And the maker will take miles along with him as he tries to achieve his plan to do whatever he plans to do, which I think, if I'm not mistaken, the Micah has come back recently trying to basically rebuild the the Ultimate Universe. So I guess this is kind of uh, following up on that. And I, I guess I'm going to read this. But Marvel plans to release a special sneak peek at um, Ultimate Invasion in the free comic book day uh, 2023 Spider-Man slash Venom number one on May 6th. So yeah, next week is also uh, free comic book day. Or will be free, or it'll be free comic book day after we record next week, I should say. But, um, or probably when we record next week, uh, depending on how things go with uh, movie protocol. Right. Right. So, next up. All righty. DC's Dawn of DC initiative is about to spotlight three beloved heroines. On Wednesday, DC announced that next month's Power Girl special number one will snowball into two new standalone titles this September, a Power Girl series and Fire and Ice 
Welcome to Smallville. Okay. And part of me thinking, wait, did were they actually in Smallville when that show was on? Probably was near the end, but I was like, why am I'm, I'm putting way too much brain power for that? I'm like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm here like, why would they be in Smallville? But you know, it's, it, that's that's again, I'm sure there's something in here that that's that talks about yeah. that. Yeah, seriously, any 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 reference to Smallville for me? No, no, no. <laughs> right, right, outside of the original, hey, that's where Dube was brought up, but yeah. Um, last but not least, DC's, I'm sure uh, Tim will be glad to hear that if he hasn't already, which he probably has. DC's new Green Arrow series gets a second arc due to fan uh, demand. So, mind you, the, the new Green Arrow series just came out this week. So, um, apparently, Joshua Williamson, the writer, posted to his Substack uh, saying that Green Arrow has been upgraded from a six-issue miniseries to a 12-issue run. Um, so... Yeah, and in this article mentions that um, Poison, and Poison Ivy also had a similar... Um, uh, thing happened where it was supposed where it was six issues and ended up being twelve issues. Oh, and later into an ongoing series. So okay, so I didn't know. Yeah, I guess I didn't. I did not know that. Um, Poison Ivy series was still still going. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, so yeah, it looks like we get we found six more arrows in the quiver, and that is the announcement from Joshua Williamson that, and you can also see here, uh, from his Twitter account. Um, and he basically thanks everyone who, uh, for, who spread the love and for the green arrow series and pre-ordered it. So I'm looking forward to like, I, I hadn't had a chance to check out the series, but I'm curious about it. Um, you know, uh, out of the few things in the DC universe, I guess the, the greens arrows and lanterns are, are ones that I'm, that I would gravitate towards for whatever odd reason. So. Uh, I hope to check this out later on uh, the first issue. And that folks is it for the news section. I believe agent 70 said he had um, a little, little toy corner. Yes. Uh, yes. I am obtaining, retrieving it uh, right now. So I finally bit the bullet on something I had actually missed when it first came around and I had just not gotten around to ordering it. Ultimately, I paid a little bit more than I wanted to, but these uh, 30th anniversary Marvel Legends were not cheap to begin with. I finally got the Captain America. Finally, 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 with the ricochet, I, I will turn off my uh, background, show it to everyone. Here we go. So, this is it, and it is a lot of fun. I obviously have yet to open it, but um, it looks really good. I am looking very, I'm very much looking forward to uh, opening this up and incorporating it into, you know, a small uh, display that I'll probably post on Instagram eventually, because unbelievably... That Batman display that's been on my bookshelf, the you know, in honor of, of the passing of Kevin Conroy, is still up there. I haven't gotten around to putting up a new one in ages. So this is, I think, the impetus 
for a new display. Hmm. Nice. You actually reminded me, looking at the, your, um, your shelf back behind you, you remind me of a Funko Pop that I need to pre-order. Or I think I need that. Did, did I pre-order already? Because apparently there's a George Clinton pre, um, uh, Parliament era um, Funko that, um, and those other two from last week, those other two Marvel Legends from last week that I forgot to uh, pre-order. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I'll tell you, um, you know, we're not uh, we're not advertising here, folks. No. But you know what? I am sorely tempted to pre-order, and I kind of, I kind of kick myself for not ordering the Biggie statue that uh, Cartaccio did. Uh, you know, if you follow Cartaccio on Instagram, hmm. I've seen that the, one. Yeah, he, I, yeah. He he did one of uh, Rakim recently that. I, I I'm I was ugh, I was definitely thinking, man, I am not a statue guy, never have been, but damn if that's not cool. Right. Who wouldn't want a statue of the god of the god rock? You know, the god MC, you know? Right. Like if I was gonna get that one, like why didn't I get the biggie one? Like what am I doing here? Like you know, cool seriously, statue. like I could hear Vince Lombardi. What the hell's going on out here? Seriously. Like I'm like, we you know, like you know, it, this this is clear. This clearly falls into why on earth are you spending this much money on something that just kind of spins around? You know, true. But you know, you know, you're supporting art. You're supporting artists, and it's a collectible piece. It's a tough call, folks. Yeah, some very cool no, looking collectible pieces, mind you, but still, nonetheless. Yeah, and and ultimately, you know, this is going to be something that I'll probably see at New York Comic Con. I'll just be like, oh. Damn it. You know? Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, that's it for uh, our quickie uh, diversion into Toy Corner. Well, cool. Hit the last ad read then. Our last ad read of the night. Folks, this is an hour-long episode. What the heck is going on out here? Thanks, Coach Lombardi. Help us keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, the CSPN uh, is sent a payment by Amazon that helps us keep the the, uh, Comic Book Chronicles podcast, that is, free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. All right, folks. Um, so yeah, uh, Benji says that sounds interesting. I'm not sure what he was what he was referring to, but it was something about ten minutes ago. So my apologies, my guy. Um, but some housekeeping news: next week we will be on um, movie protocol. So we will not record on Thursday night. Uh, we will definitely uh, let you folks know on social media twitter specifically uh when we will record and as i said earlier it may possibly be on saturday which is um free comic book day maybe or maybe not probably not but it's it's a it's a potential right you know it could be friday it could be saturday yeah likely sometimes it's been a sunday it all depends on our schedule right so if it does happen on uh, Saturday, I don't know if I'm going to get around to the comic book store um, anyway. So, and I don't know 
how many usually a lot of the digital stuff doesn't come until after the fact anyway but i know they're they've actually i know i've seen some stuff about there's a lot of they, a lot of um stuff on previews world or whatnot about the digital versions right or about the I versions being not going, so right i may end up going to a comic book store just you know like that I I have not pulled. I do not have a regular pull list anymore, so I'm not exactly supporting the physical comic book shops as often as I used to. Right. But free comic book day is is a uh, an occasion to support your local comic book store. Don't just go in and pick up the free stuff, folks. Go in, buy some stuff. It, there are usually things on sale at a discount. They're looking to move merchandise on free comic book day because it's such a high traffic day. Mm-hmm. So go in there, support your local comic book retailer. Yeah, I'm actually might be putting together a small list of, of a small list of books to to go and grab that I hadn't had a chance to get before now. So I'm if that happens then I'll probably definitely will be going in there that day. Just to, you know, just to represent as they say. And see Absolutely. What else got going on. But that being said, folks, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, this, excuse me, um, this is the Comic Book Chronicles. Uh, I am Ben Rydicat. You can find me at Rydicat on Twitter. You can find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Um, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Boy, May rolled around here fast as fuck. Um, <laughs> Word. Word life. Jeez. Because uh, I was telling Agent 70 before the show, I was like, dang, I told I might have said it during the show. I was like, dang, that kind of snuck up on me. Uh, but anyway. Um, Protocol. Yeah, because, you know, we didn't realize it, but yes, May the 4th is coming up. Yes, May the 4th be with you uh, if we don't get to say it on that particular day. Which is ironic because we'll be saying something that has nothing to do with Star Wars. Well, it has a very tangential relationship it's with in Star Wars. the stars, sure. But it's you indirect. Know. It's yes. indirect and very corporate. Yeah. That you know what? And it would be very funny if they actually did actually tie it into <laughs> somehow it was like, Oh yeah, by the way, we're tying this into the other thing. You know there's gonna be an Easter egg. I would laugh if there's an Easter egg on like nowhere. Yeah, right. You're right. You're right. Oh, speaking of, there was a um, there was a trailer, and I'm sorry, I'm just railroad, just 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 side into this whole thing. There was a um, like a behind the scenes trailer, or there was another trailer for the Star Wars Star Trek. No, Star Wars Jedi Survivor um, uh, video game that's coming out, and it had Mark Hamill and um, the dude that plays Cal Kestis. It was a pretty good uh, spot. You have to go check it out um, if you get a chance. It's basically Mark Hamill to my, you know, playing like he's Luke, and they were on set, so you could tell they were very much on set. But he was like, "Yeah, so you got to do this and this and that and that." And then the, the turnabout where the dude was like, "All right," he was showing Mark playing the game. You know, it was like. Um, now you got to do this and you got to do that. And then Mark was like, don't, t- don't tell me, <laughs> you don't have to tell me how to use the fourth. It was pretty funny, but you had to watch the whole thing. Cause it was, it was a, a pretty amusing spot. Anyway, like I was saying, this is the comic book Chronicles. Um, you can find us on the coastal of the podcast network. That's ESPN.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast for a place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to hit like and subscribe and leave us all the positive five-star reviews. 
Uh, you can also find us recording every Thursday night, mostly, uh, um, mostly, uh, on the YouTube channel of the click nation. That's youtube.com slash the click nation. Um, you can also find us, uh, on the uh, twitch.tv slash combo chronicles, which some of you did. So appreciate it. Again, please hit like subscribe and hit the notification button so that you know when we are on live. Indeed. Um, oh, shoot. You know what I forgot, folks? Uh, I just messed this all up. PC and underscore dirt on Twitter. Pop Culture Network on Twitter. Pop Culture Network.com is all those number sites there in. Uh, Tim D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. The Osiris of this ish. You can find him at that on there. You can also find him at CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Combo Chronicles Twitter account. You can also find him at The Click Nation on Twitter. Uh, and theclicknation.com, but you can definitely find him over at comicbook.com under the name Timothy Adams writing his face off. I hate the movie Face Off, but I keep saying that. So what, what, what can I say? Face Off is no good. It's not a good John Woo movie, period. Anyway, fight your mama for that one. Uh, and that's it. We will be back sometime, possibly next week, uh, after movie protocol, or we'll we'll let you know. But stay tuned to our social media to, to um to find out when we go live. And with that, folks, this has been the comic book, comic book chronicles. Peace, peace. One. We're gonna have a-